1: Welcome to the ID10T Podcast number 1103. Uh, Lots of new stuff going up over in the ID10T shop. Some uh, St. Daryl candles, if you're a Walking Dead fan. That's all I'll say. St. Daryl candles uh, going up. What is the date? Today is the 27th of November. So they should be going up in a couple of days. The year is 2020. This is my audio time capsule of the time that St. Daryl candles were about to go into the shop at ID10T.com, and save the world! Um, <laughs> disclaimer, candles may not actually save the world. Um, so, yes, that's at ID10T.com. Please go check that out. Let's talk about you, the ID10T community. And this this ID10T community corkboard, events at ID10T.com, is the email, is friend of the podcast, friend to me and friend of the podcast, uh, Chris Sullivan, whom I love. Chris is just the best, nicest dude uh, he was on the podcast a while back. He is in the show uh, This Is Us. He is Taserface. And, uh, and also, he is a damn fine musician. He is an amazing singer. And he's put out an album under the moniker Joseph the Spouse. The album is called Six Feet From Under. And uh, it was produced and co-written by Taylor Goldsmith from the band Dawes. And it is available everywhere for download and streaming as of right now. Came out November 19th. It is after November 19th. So that means that you can get it right now. So congratulations to my pal Chris Sullivan on a fantastic album that is now out there in the world, ready for your consumption and enjoyment. Let's talk about this episode of the podcast. Um, This episode is Carl Urban, who has been in everything. And he's great in everything. He's the fucking coolest guy. And uh, he's also really nice. Really nice dude. I've had the pleasure of knowing Carl for a little while now, and uh, he is on uh, one of Lydia's and my favorite shows, The Boys, and he plays uh, Butcher, and when we recorded this, when did we record this? It was a couple months ago, because we're talking about The Boys, I think, about to be coming out, and now season two of The Boys is fully out uh, on Amazon. You can get seasons one and two, so... Um, so it's, it's available. So that's just to give you a timeline. Um, because I think I even say something in the podcast of like, oh, when quarantine happened like six months ago, well, it's been longer than six months. So that, that should explain that little ripple in time. And also why, um, we were just sort of dancing around, uh, story points of the boys. Cause I never want to spoil anything. I never want to spoil anything if you haven't seen it yet. I want to give you an opportunity to catch up as we are in... There is a wealth of content to be watching now. A lot of good stuff, too. And The Boys is just a fantastic show. Erin uh, Moriarty, who plays Starlight on The Boys, she was on uh, a couple months back. Fantastic guest. And uh, and so it's just a great... It's a great show. If you have some time and you listen to this, uh, this, this holiday weekend in the United States uh, after Thanksgiving... Catch up on the boys if you haven't yet. Uh, All right, that is it. Here's the ID10T podcast number 1103 with Mr. Carl Urban.
2: Initiating ID10T protocol.
1: Carl, how you doing? I'm pretty good. How you doing? Okay, I'm just making sure I've got the right microphone. No, let's use this one. Okay, great. I'm just trying to get, you know, as long as I've been doing this, especially in quarantine, I still have not come up with a better lighting situation. My office is incredibly dark and then backlit.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's (laughs) ideal. The cinematographer's wet dream.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's like... How could I, how could I Photoshop, like, I would have to Photoshop the perfect environment here. I have a studio, a podcast studio, but I just never go there because, you know, it's, uh, why leave the house? Why Why leave leave the the house?
0: house? Well, especially in the middle of a global pandemic. I mean, really.
1: Yeah. I mean, come on. Come on. We haven't really been much of any, have you, well, New Zealand's. You, New Zealand did a pretty, pretty amazing job and you were booked to record the podcast maybe a week or two ago and then there was an immediate, quite sudden lockdown that happened. Is everything okay down there now?
0: Yeah, it's, um, I mean, you know, by and large, I think that uh, the New Zealand government's done a phenomenal job of protecting the population of New Zealand. We, you know, in March, we went into a lockdown for six or seven weeks and then we had 102 days of no community transmission. Then all of a sudden, overnight, suddenly we, from a cold storage uh, facility, uh, we had uh, an outbreak. They, they don't know what it was, but they they suspect it was from frozen food uh, imported into the country. And um, so, yeah, we went into a three-week lockdown and uh, so, uh, but now we've we've just come out of lockdown and you know, we still have a a low amount of community transmission that's going on. So it's just something that I think that we're going to have to learn to manage and deal with and take the proper precautions. You know, it's just, it's going to be a reality of life
1: until there's a vaccine. I, so, you know, I mean, who knows when we'll be traveling internationally again, recreationally. Um, But, uh, and, and even if tomorrow they were like, oh, you know what, it's fine. Go wherever. I mean, I know people are having to travel internationally here and there. A friend of mine went lives in England, had to come to the States for something and flew home. And she said there were literally 40 people on her flight, including the crew. So it's just such a strange time. But New Zealand is one place that I was like, God damn it. I, you know, I, for so long, I've wanted to go. And now I was like, oh, is it going to be a couple of years before I can go to New Zealand now? but yeah, I don't
0: know. I mean, you know, currently the border's closed. So unless you're a New Zealand citizen or I think they do make exemptions. I know my friend John Cho has just arrived. He's mm-hmm. shooting a Netflix series here and, um, you know, he had to quarantine for a couple of weeks. But I think pretty much the border's closed. So right. it's just an interesting, gnarly time we, we live in, isn't it? It's, uh, it's so surreal.
1: Yeah. What have you been, what have you been doing with your time? all, all these months? <laughs>
0: <laughs> what have I been doing? I actually, uh, have really enjoyed lockdown. I have to say, uh, just, just great quality time with my boys. Um, and, uh, you know, spending time with, with my family. That's, that's really it. You know, watching a bunch of movies, um, and, um, you know, just sort of, just sort of taking it easy. It's all you can do really. Um, you know, but it's just great. You know, the, the first time uh, we went lockdown, there was a certain amount of anxiety around it because of the, all the unknown factors around COVID. Right. Um, you know, you didn't know how easily it was transmitted, and you know how susceptible you were, and you know. And the second time, okay, there's a lot more information out there, and and so that degree of anxiety had had gone, but having been given the freedom for 102 days to suddenly not have it, that was the difficult, that was the challenge on the second time around. Um, but yeah, I didn't like, you know, like a lot of people had issue with it, I didn't mind it too much, you know, I love being at home and quite often I'm away for a lot of the year and um, so I'm just loving being home and I just wish, you know, that it w- was under better circumstances
1: yeah i mean it it ha- a lot of people that I've talked to that were in the sort of the uh the constant churn of work and busy and never being home it It has been such an interesting time to oh my gosh, I have a home and I have you know like people that I am getting to spend some more time with and it I think it a lot of people have also had this kind of existential not crisis but just sort of the idea of like do I am I away too much? Do I work too much? Should I be home more in the future, even when I have the option of being away more? Like, have you have you have you started to tackle some of those larger kind of existential issues?
0: Well, it's certainly I think that there is a uh, uh, this whole sort of you know uh, pandemic has. Um, forced us to do things in a manner that we hadn't done um, before. And, you know, for me, I guess the direct inca- impact was, you know, going to the release of season two, normally I would have been, of the boys, uh, normally I'd be hopping on a plane and would be going over to America or Europe and to do mass junketing, to talk to the press, to get the word out, to, to get the, the good people to watch the show. Um, but this time it was all done from, from home and I was, you know, sitting uh, much like we are now on a Zoom call and, uh, and talking to journalists that way. And at the end of it, I was like, damn, I kind of like this. I don't have to hop on a plane. <laughs> you know, I can do this at home. This is great. So going forward, I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite happy to do it from home. Just patch me in, you know.
1: Yeah, I know. It's just, that just those days where you're like, what city am I in? What time is it? when did I sleep last? I mean, it's just that nonstop. It, it is, you're, you, we, we do adapt, our bodies do adapt to pretty much whatever we, you know, in, within reason what we kind of throw at it. And now that I've had the ability to not have to work, you know, basically eight days a week and be up, you know, for 16 hours working nonstop, I'm like, you know what? this is not so bad. Like, how did I do that before? I don't know how I did that schedule before. Like get, getting back into that momentum is going to be pretty insane. Cause I know you guys are going back. I know eventually you're going to shoot a season three of the boys. Right. And uh, have you even talked about when that's going to be, or is it still like, yeah, we're trying to figure that out.
0: Yeah, season three of The Boys is currently slated to go before the cameras uh, end of January 2021. And the good thing about it is that there are a whole bunch of productions that are currently just sort of uh, getting going at the moment. So there's going to be a whole lot of test cases out there um, to see you know uh, what the protocols are and what the uh, inherent uh, risks and, and uh, procedures are, and, and uh, so it's great we're not first off the rank. Um, so we're pretty optimistic that it's it's going to happen. And you know, for me coming from New Zealand, it, it sort of means that I have to spend two weeks in quarantine in Toronto before I even set set foot on set, and and I guess when I return back home, there's another two weeks in quarantine. So, you know, if, if if I'm shooting for five months with a month, I'm going to have to add a month of it on, on top of that for, for quarantine. But, you know, you know, we're all, uh, it's, it's, you know, that's just, I guess it's until, as I said before, until there's a vaccine, that's just one of those reality of life that we have to accept. And, um, you know, uh, myself and the entire cast are so looking forward to getting back uh, to season three. We had such a blast shooting uh, season two, and um, it, it's, uh, we're really. I feel like we've sort of bonded you know pretty well as a family unit now and uh we you know it's uh, it's it's exciting and it's it's just wonderful to be on a project that uh has a great such a great solid fan base and, and it's only growing and and you know I just can't wait for everybody to see the um <laughs> the insane mechanics of season 2
1: well it season 1 It was one of my wife and I was one of our favorite shows of the the past season. And when I saw, I think I probably ran into a comic con the summer before it aired. And um, I've been friends with Eric Crickby for like 25 years. And he was like, he was trying to explain the show, but didn't, he was like, we just have to see it. And I know, of course, it's obviously it's based on comics, on the comics, but it is such a fucking amazing show And we were so excited that it's coming back. Excited that it's coming back again. But you know, listen, there are so we're we're in a. I mean, Renaissance is a kind word. Glut is another word of media right now, where there's just so much to watch. There's so much to catch up on, and a lot of stuff you just sort of eat it like fast food. You consume it like fast food. But The Boys is one of those shows. You just keep thinking about it after you watch it. It's so fucking good. It's just like if the vibe of Breaking Bad were about superheroes, those, those those moments, I mean, when you, and Eric is, Kripke's masterful at that kind of stuff too. Mm-hmm. But when you read the script, did you go, holy shit, this is going to be so different? Or was it once you kind of got on set, started seeing how everything was playing out, did it start to occur to you? Like, I think we're doing something really different here.
0: Well, I guess it was pretty apparent to me reading the, um, the pilot in the initial three episodes of season one that this was going to be a project you know extraordinary and and tonally unique and you know completely different to anything else else that I'd ever seen particularly in the superhero genre. Um, you know I was really drawn to that uh, irreverent tone. Uh, I was drawn to the character of Billy Butcher in a way that I knew that I would have so much fun playing this character um, and the quality of, of the dialogue and the way that the characters interacted with each other, um, you know, uh, was, was clearly elevated. And so I, I went and had a meeting with um, Eric Kripke and uh, Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogan, and we discussed the project and, Uh, It was pretty clear to me that it was going to be something that was going to be worthwhile (laughs) being involved with, um, you know, uh, and uh, my only concerns were, you know, I I don't, you know, I I didn't want to, I wanted to make sure that the working conditions were going to be user-friendly, you know, and, um, you know, Kripke is... uh, it assured me that the show was, you know, going to be done in a way that was um, uh, respectful uh, to, uh, to the health and safety of everyone involved. So I was like, sign me up.
1: That's great. Uh, I mean, and that, that must come from experience of working. I mean, you've worked on some fucking insane things, Carl. I mean, yeah. like, legitimately... Three, you know, you're you're in so many of the biggest franchises in film and it's just one right after the other. You got your Lord of the Rings, you got your Star Trek, you got your Born Supremacy. Like it it to, 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 to sort of wrap your mind when you when you look at your career, do you feel like, oh, I've done some pretty cool shit, or do you feel like, no, there's still so much more to do? Like, I'm so curious to hear How you view, A, how you view success, how you view your own career? Do you even think about that kind of stuff or do you just kind of go day to day?
0: To be perfectly honest, I I don't really think about it too much until I get into a situation where I'm talking to someone like yourself. Of course. Uh, I certainly don't, you know, go on any sort of binge watching retrospective and, you know, check out past projects I'm very much kind of in the moment, what's on my plate, what's coming up. Um, and I certainly have never planned my career to any great degree because, you know, I've been in a lot of good shit, but I've been in some shit as well. <laughs> and it's always a leap of faith. You never know how a project is going to turn out in, in, until uh, until it's up there on the screen because, you know, there are a multitude of co- collaborators that get to have their little stamp on it. And, um, you know, and that can be for the detriment of the, of a project sometimes uh, as much as a benefit, um, but uh, yeah, you know certainly, I have found in my career that uh, time and time again I get I have the most enjoyable experience and the best results just coming from working with the most high caliber collaborator that I can right. and uh, and and in that regard i 've been really blessed to um, have worked with some truly gifted amazing people, the best in the business and and that is typically where you know where the good shit happens
1: i i really have to wonder what it is about new zealand that everyone that i've everyone that i've had the pleasure of meeting and or working with from new zealand it's just there there's just such a just such a nice healthy emotionally healthy vibe where everyone just feels like oh you know we're doing what we do i i don't sense a lot of anxiety inherent to the fabric of of New Zealand culture but you know the folks from New Zealand that I've met and gotten to know it's you know you Jermaine Brett Taika Reese Darby Neil Finn you know uh met Peter Jackson a couple times like everyone just seems
0: sounds like you've met everyone
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's that is the population of New Zealand right there. <laughs> I would so love to understand what it is about New Zealand culturally that fosters such a seemingly healthy kind of emotional mindset about things that doesn't really seem to be about ego. Is it the is it is is there a little bit of tall poppy syndrome? Because you know, Reese Darby had a show called Tall Poppies, and it was like that idea of like, well, you never want to, you know. You never want to seem like you're too above anyone. But it, but there isn't like a, it's not like an insecurity about it. I don't know. Could, could, do you understand what I'm talking about? Can you explain any of that?
0: Yeah, I do. Uh, I, I, I've got a couple of theories uh, on that. I mean, first of all, like you know, the New Zealand uh, film and television industry is pretty myopic in nature. And because of that, whether you're an actor, a writer, a director, you are forced to... Um, uh, you are forced to work in all sorts of facets of your industry. You know, you might be an aspiring director, but you know what? You're also going to be shooting, uh, you're know, you going to be uh, shooting the camera. You're going to be doing sound. If you're an actor, you're not just going to be specializing in, you know, film, you know, you're going to be working in television. You're going to be working in theater. You're going to be working in radio. And, um, and I think, you know fundamentally, at its heart uh, you know uh, New Zealand artists uh, I think they, they are very grounded in the craft of what they're doing as a result and in my experience, I find a lot of our counterparts and particularly in the states, become very top heavy they become um, focused on the peripheral aspects of the industry. It's like they've got agents, managers, lawyers, they've got publicists, they've got stylists, they've got dieticians, they've got endorsement, they've got a social media person. So there's all sorts of other things that they're sort of focused on, um, which are in, in, I think in my opinion and sometimes that, that, that sort of really kind of leads to the detriment of, of the craft of what they're actually doing. Um, whereas in New Zealand, I think you know we are just, I guess, uh, are blessed in the regard that we sort of typically just sort of focus on, um, on 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 the craft of what we're doing and the job at hand. So, but uh, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's uh, or, or maybe it's just something in the water. I don't know.
1: <laughs> no, I, I, I do, I do, I do. Under, I totally understand what you're saying and everything that you everything that you said definitely rings true, particularly about the about the, about the states and a lot of the stuff that we focus on here. You know, I'm sure a lot of that has to do with just the sheer numbers of people who are clamoring for attention in the business. But it is that I think that, that you're right. The detrimental part, like when you're focusing more on the brand of what you're doing rather than the craft or the art of what you're doing. You're right. It can. And, and focusing on the brand stuff is really alluring, too, because a lot of that just feeds into the ego stuff. Oh, which is. Totally. You know, and that's the danger. Weird. You know, you,
0: you, you, you have to lo- love um, the art within yourself, not yourself in the art.
1: Ah! And that is, think, such you, a great quote. Yeah,
0: that, that, that's the danger. That's the danger. You know, and and um, you know, and instead sort of just feeding it back to the boys. And that's why I feel kind of really blessed that you know I'm working on a show. Even though there's, we have people from all over the world that. Uh, working on the show, we've got Tomia from Israel and, um, uh, you know, Anthony, he's also from New Zealand and we've got a bunch of Americans and some English cast members and stuff, but everybody is just really seems to be on the same page. And um, I think that when you get a cast like that and it truly is a collaborative uh, endeavor and nobody is trying to, you know, screw other people over, then you just, you get, get great results. Um, and, and in my experience, you know, uh, I've worked on some productions where it, it is not this, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, amazing, benevolent sort of uh, collaborative experience. There are, you know, people out there to try and, you know, mess with your uh, work uh, in order to make themselves look better. And it's right. it's a competition. And, uh, you know, f- on, on the boys, there is competition, but it's healthy and it's not um, – Nobody's out to sabotage.
1: Yeah, that's that yeah, that is there is the healthy competition, which I think is, oh, that's really amazing. How can I be inspired by someone else's work and one up my game to to do better? Or or just the competition with yourself. How can I be better today than I was yesterday? Which thing is right. But but you're right. That, you know, I must sabotage and salt the earth for everyone to elevate myself is the most toxic, detrimental, and I don't know how you it, it's almost like there there isn't really an acting class to teach for that, you know, where it's like, well, you might, you know, like, yes, you're, you're, you're going to acting class and you're learning how to act in ideal conditions, but you might encounter situations where, you know, there are egos or there's, it's like someone will come out of their trailer or people are cranky. And it's like, how do you, how do you get in and focus on your craft when you kind of have to shove that, that stuff out of the way? That's a whole other learning experience as well.
0: Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I think that, you know, part of the skill set of being an actor is you have to have that ability to be able to shut everything else uh, out. Uh, and, and, you you know, you've got a camera crew of, you know, 30, 60 people standing around watching you. You have to have the ability to, you know, focus them out of your world and just sort of zero in on, Uh, your partner in the scene and, and, and the work at hand. And, um, you know, certainly when you encounter, you know, tricky actors, that it's just an extension of that skill set you know, but um, yeah, but as I said, you know, for, for, uh, for me, for the last two seasons working on the boys has just been such a great experience, you know, working with the likes of Jack Quaid and Aaron Moriarty and um, you know, Tamir and Laz Alonso, Karen Fukaha. I mean, they're just just real solid players and, and, and great people. And, you know, and really that's a testament to Eric Kripke, you know, he's put together um, just a wonderful collective of, of, of players and has given us just fantastic material to, to run and, uh, and run and play with.
1: Okay. It's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. at bite.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Bite.
2: Whether you hydrate to live or live to hydrate, Liquid IV quenches your thirst faster than water alone, with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness, all in a single sugar free stick. Liquid IV is perfect for daily use before a workout when you feel run down after a long night out or on long flights. Basically, anytime you need a pick-me-up, however you hydrate. Grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco, or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code WONDERY at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code WONDERY at liquidiv.com. Do
1: you ever think about doing? Uh, I know you've done a lot of different types of stuff, but I also my experience with you has always been you're also kind of a comedy guy too. Like, is there mm-hmm. comedy? Do you see yourself as a comedy guy? Like, do you do you want to do more comedy stuff?
0: Um, yeah, that's a great question. I I don't really um, I don't really like the idea of pigeon pigeonholing myself into any one particular genre over. Uh, another. And, and in fact, my natural instinct is as soon as I've done something, um, whether it be a comedy, then I want to swing the other way and do something completely opposite. Yeah, Uh, that constant process of reinvention, I think it it, it keeps it interesting for me as an actor, but also for an audience. Um, You know, yeah, there's, I I have got, uh, you know, a lot of sort of comedic roles um, on my resume. But you know, there's also, I think, a fair balance of, um, of, of, of drama and action and all sorts of other, other stuff in there too. And as I said before, I, I've never, I haven't planned this career. It's just sort of stumble along. <laughs> if, I, if I read a piece of material and then, you know, start making decisions on about how I might like to play the character or, you know, get those creative juices going, then that is to me a really good indication that, you know, that it would be something that I should pursue.
1: Yeah, but you ask good. But it's clear that you ask good questions because the 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 fact that you even had the awareness to ask Kripke and Seth and Evan, you know, basically is the set. Is it going to be a good set? Is it going to be a fun working environment? That's an amazing question to ask, and I think a lot of people, when you are putting brand and career over like craft and art or experience first, you know, like that's where how you can fall into some of those tricky rabbit holes. But the fact that you even had the awareness to ask that question is a really healthy question. Yeah, the question question
0: was more like, listen, motherfuckers, I don't want to be working six (laughs) days a week, because I've been there, I've done it, and I'm not doing it again. So you ensure me that this schedule is going to run on time, and that we're not going to, you know, be shooting for months and months in extension of what we contractually agreed to, and that, you know, we're going to be working reasonable hours, not 17-hour days. I mean, that's really what the conversation was. It's like, I mean, you know, uh, uh, as much as, uh, is it going to be a fun set? Yeah. I mean, listen, you know, you, you make your, you determine your reality itself on that, on that level, but no, it was, you know, it's always that, that that freaky thing when you you sign a contract and, and particularly one like this because you are taking a huge leap of faith and you have no idea you're signing away five or six years of your life or certainly, you know, five months at a time, uh, to these producers and you have no idea if, you know, they're going to be able to um, manage the production in a way that is actually going to look after not only the cast, but the crew. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, it's a, that, that to me, the, the working conditions are for everybody, not just the actors are a huge um, concern to me.
1: Yeah. It, do you, that idea, the, the, did you have to sit with the idea of potentially signing away not signing away, but but signing on for what I, what I assume will probably, could possibly be five or six seasons. You know, considering that the show seems yeah. to be going well and building off of each season, versus that very kind of transient lifestyle of film, where it's like, yeah, you work on something for a handful of months and then you move on, and then you do you do something yeah. else.
0: Yeah. Well, I was really looking forward to the opportunity to be able to. Uh, uh, tell a story or to be part of a storytelling process that um, worked with a larger palette, which had the luxury of time over a multitude of seasons to really flesh out characters and, 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 and develop a strong arc. And, you know, this just presented me that opportunity. And, uh, you know, really it, again, it, it came down to two factors. It was the character of Billy Butcher and it was Eric Kripke and between the two of them, um, it was like, that was, that, that that's what clinched the, the, the decision for me.
1: And now let's briefly pause to thank our sponsor for this episode of the ID10T podcast, Squarespace. You've got your domains, your websites, your online stores, your marketing tools, your email campaigns, anything from start to finish that you want to build As a digital presence, Squarespace will absolutely help you do whatever your idea is, whatever work you want to showcase. If you want to sell a product or a service or promote a physical or an online business, you're going to get beautiful templates created by world-class designers and then powerful e-commerce functionality that lets you sell anything. Uh, You can customize it however you want. Everything's optimized for mobile right out of the box. You're going to get 24-7 award-winning customer support. Nothing to patch or upgrade ever. It just happens you don't even have to worry about it. So uh, head on over to squarespace.com slash ID10T for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code ID10T, and you're going to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So that is Squarespace. Go make your thing. Go make your thing. Go make your digital thing. They get to Squarespace for sponsoring this episode of the ID10T podcast, which we now return to. Do you think you, since your experience in New Zealand has been, like you said, you've trained on a lot of different types of things. When you work in New Zealand, film and television, film, television, theater, radio, it's basically, it sounds like every kind of performance medium. And also all the different aspects. Do you envision other types of things that you want to do? Do you write things on the side? Do you want to direct things? Do you, or do you, are you just happy kind of going in as a, as an actor, and then not having all the responsibility of carrying all the other stuff.
0: I love having uh, less responsibility, or <laughs> shall I say, I just love having the responsibility <laughs> to just sort of focus on uh, on you know uh, on, on one character and how that character interacts with those around them. To me, that's um, that is a lot of work in itself. That being said, you know I, I definitely do have uh you know um a, a desire to move into uh, other uh, areas and, and directing is something that has always fascinated me and i believe that i would you know uh probably be um a pretty capable director the the, the difficult aspect for me is i've worked with some really truly great directors and i know what it takes to be a phenomenal director, and all of the um, uh, all of the elements that you need to have at your fingertips to do that job well. You know, you have to know about uh, not only character, but you have to know about writing. You have to know about symbol imagery sound uh the camera and you have to be adept at being able to communicate with other people to communicate your ideas you're going to have 50 or 60 people coming at you each day with questions that you have to have answers for Uh, and i've worked uh, you know i've worked with the best you know and i've seen how they 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 deal with it and it is it's a huge challenge and it's not one that i would want to take um lightly and you know for now i I, I I really I still you know I've been doing this for over twenty years. I still feel very passionate about uh, the job of acting and storytelling. Um, so you know maybe one day, um, but certainly no day no day soon, shall we say? But maybe.
1: Well, one day. yeah. I mean, also yes. Knowing that you have to be the the final answer on basically everything to, to me the scary thing about directing is that if anyone asks a question about anything, you have to have an answer. And if you don't know, you have to make it up and you'd have to hope that it's right because you ultimately are the, the grand conductor of all of it. And everyone's looking to you as sort of the captain of the production to know how it's supposed to go, and you have to hope that everyone's on the same page. And if they're not, you have to figure out how to get everyone on the same page. It to, to me that just feels like that is just an extraordinary amount of responsibility that you have after to you really love it. what and, you're doing. Yeah,
0: and then you know, and then you after you've shot that thing for three months, possibly more. You have to go and spend a couple of months in a dark sound booth uh, or a dark editing suite and then a sound booth. And, uh, uh, you know, that's going to ser- seriously, jeopardize, uh, any, uh, outdoor activities you might want to do. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a huge commitment. I don't know.
1: <laughs> it is a huge commitment. And also there are, you know, when you're assembling, you have to really have a strong idea of what you want because it, there are a million ways you can assemble a scene yeah just the, the the cuts of the music and which takes you use and it just feels like to me i'm sure i'm sure people who are born with the director gene go oh that's so exciting you t- you get to sculpt this kind of three-dimensional thing and to me i go uh there's a million ways to fuck that up and maybe two where it works and yeah. i don't know <laughs> i don't know if i could hit the one or two i would just be terrified the whole time like ah, i don't know this just seems this, this is hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, well. I, I don't know. I mean, for me, it's it is definitely something of interest. Um, but as I said, but um, you know, and writing. I mean, I've 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 had such a huge admiration and respect for for writers and for the uh, the craft of writing. I mean, to just have that discipline to sit down in your office and just every day tap 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 something out. I tried it, and I just my attention span is too short, and it's just that having that dedication and commitment to do that you know especially you know you wake up and it's a beautiful sunny day and it's like oh i could be on my boat fishing yeah yeah playing golf i could be surfing it's like why would i want to sit inside and and be in my imagination and have my face in front of a computer uh for
1: yeah and you live in a paradise too like you live in new zealand it's like why wouldn't you want to be outside if you live in new zealand right right yeah yeah i would imagine that doesn't i would imagine that doesn't help a whole lot either if you're you know if you're in Basically, you're in the shire all the time. Why would you want yeah. to stay inside and tick, 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 tick away? Different I don't know. But
0: I guess, you know, it's like, uh, it's like anything in life that you, when, you, when you work on something um, and, and you, put, you invest your time and energy into it, um, it's, it, the reward really comes at the end of the day when you get to stand back and look at what you've created and what you've created in collaboration with others and feel proud of what you've done. And and, and certainly I get that sense of satisfaction from doing what I do now. Um, And it sometimes it happens more often than not, you know, at the end of a shooting day when, you know, you're just winding down and and you're going back over your head over what you've done. Very rarely for me is it actually when I watch the finished product, because for me, it's all about what happened in the moment um, on set. And and that's where I derive the greatest amount of satisfaction. And then from there, it sort of gets handed over to other people.
1: Do you mind if I ask you some, I don't have kids yet, but my wife and I'm are we're, we're gonna we're gonna try to do that can i can i ask you some dad advice because you i know you have two kids and one of them's a, a full adult and the other one's yeah. a teenager so almost almost a full adult yeah uh it, so how did how and then this might be a dumb obvious question but how did the arrival of children in your life sort of change your Priorities change your life, change how you see yourself, your relationship to the world. What, what was it sort of a magical moment that you had, or was it like? Did it feel very natural right away?
0: Well, I was actually I mean, at the time when we uh, had our first son. Uh, I was twenty eight, and I was just uh, I'd just been cast in Lord of the Rings, and you know, certainly for me, it wasn't, you know, I was always really focused on my career and, and, you know, the thought of having children was not something that was on my radar, but it's something happened to us. And it's just been the greatest gift, uh, in, in the world. And, and, uh, it has, uh, really, um, made my life's journey so much, uh, richer and rewarding as a result. And I've learned so much through, through having these beautiful kids, um, and uh, I, I would just, uh, you know, if you're uh, if you have that opportunity, it's just it, it's it's the best, you know. And and it certainly, you know, I, I found that it's taught me a lot. Um, particularly, it teaches you patience. That's pretty much the first lesson you're gonna learn. <laughs> um, um, you can't reason
1: but, you know, with the baby. You just can't reason with the baby. Why know, are you crying right now? There's no everything's yeah, fine. You just can't.
0: No. Um, but yeah, it, it's, um, you know, it's it, it certainly, it, it, it and it, for me it was, you know, it was a, I remember being certainly a little freaked out at first. Um, obviously, as I said before, I was so really focused on just achieving what I wanted to achieve in my career and just the thought of having this huge obligation and responsibility just freaked me out. But, you know, um, I think the universe provides and, and because I had that, that obligation and that responsibility, uh, you know, and, and also uh, I had a fantastic partner and at the time and uh, we worked really well together as a team and, and the universe provided, you know, I just, you know, my, as, as my, my family was blossoming also, uh, my work in, in films and television was also going gangbusters. So, um, yeah, it's a special thing. If you get the opportunity, it's, it's the best thing you will ever do.
1: But that's I, I love the idea of you saying that the universe provides because that's basically just saying, like, look, things are going to happen, but ultimately you figure it out. Like, you get through it. The answers are there. You may not have them all. And that's sort of like, in, in, in the way that I was sort of kind of catastrophizing, like, uh oh, editing a movie, there's a million different ways you can fuck that up. I think about that with kids too. Oh my God, there's a million different ways where you could not do the right thing or they could, you know, but I guess you would never do anything if you thought that way all the time. Like you just, I guess there is yeah. just sort of having faith in, the, in yourself and the process and the universe and, and all that. And Look, I,
0: I, it's easy to overthink it. Kids are like jelly. You just want to cram as much good shit in there before the jelly <laughs> sets. <laughs> you know and, and 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 if you and if you feel like you're fucking it up then you're probably on the right track you know
1: <laughs> you mean you're on the right track you're doing it right or you're in the or you're yeah the you're doing
0: right it right. right you know it means you care about what you're doing you oh know? good good it, it, it's um yeah you know it, it's uh it's a funny old thing isn't it
1: well yeah but it's also like you know you you want to you you want to give them and I and I was pretty, you know, my, my parents were pretty, pretty fantastic. So it's like, I, I don't think I'm, it's not like, oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do what my parents, like, I love both my parents. And, yes. but I also know, like, oh, I'm a bit of an overthinker. I get anxious about things. I don't want some poor kid to have to do that. But I also feel like you can't really, like, kids are like sponges, right? They absorb, mm. they just absorb. So, you know, how are you? How do you make sure that you're, did you feel like you had to go into a different mode as a parent? Like I have to go into parent mode or is it just more about letting, letting go?
0: Well, I think that it's a role that you grow into and that, you know, as they are growing up, you are growing and evolving and, you know, hopefully touch wood becoming a better parent. And, um, you know, nothing can prepare you for it. And, you know, in terms of actually going into dad mode, it's something that I've found that I've had to adopt or take that role on more in the teenage years. Right, right. (laughs) And when they're when they're younger, it's, uh, you know, that's um, the the teenage years are uh, Can be a huge challenge, and that's uh, they're a lot of fun. (laughs) It's like what what happened to my sweet, gorgeous little kid? He's turned into this.
1: Well, they have to rebel, right? Because they have to find their own identity. Yeah, they do. They have
0: to find their own their own voice and their own you know identity, and that's just a natural part of it. Is that they you know break away and then you know touch wood they come back.
1: Yeah, but you also have to be comfortable with letting them make mistakes because you don't want I you know. I would imagine you don't want them to ever get hurt. You don't want them to ever have to suffer in any way. But you also know, like, you have to let them fall down in their own way because that's how they learn, I guess. But,
2: Almost you know, I that's think-
0: how we learn, you know, in gen- general is how we learn is by making mistakes. Now, if you're smart, you can learn from other people's mistakes. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's what smart people do.
1: That would be you know, fine too easy. If,
0: it comes, if, it, if, if the advice, if the, that existential advice comes from a parent, kids are not going to listen to it. So.
1: No, 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 no. Of course. And it, and it is it is sort of this this cruel trick of nature of the universe where it's like when you're a teenager and then your parents are like, hey, you know, you should really think about this or do this or don't do that. You're like, shut up. You don't know shit. And then you get older yeah. and you're like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, okay. I totally... And then you're yeah. in a situation where some kids acting weird and you're like, Hey, you shouldn't. They're going. Fuck you, man. And you're going. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, guess, I guess learn it on your own. <laughs> you know. Um, what is next for you for the next several months? Are you just gonna do you, do? you get to sit at home, or do you are you gonna try to go anywhere? What are you gonna do?
0: Well, um, for the next few months, I plan to uh, do a lot of fishing. Nice. I plan to do a lot of R and R because come January. I'm going to be going to Toronto for maybe four months, maybe longer, and it's going to be the middle of winter. So anything, you know, I'm very, very physically active. I love the outdoors. So I'm going to do everything that I can in the springtime of New Zealand to get out and about. And then come January, I know that it's, it's, um, it's game on and, and also be preparing for that as well. You know, go back into training and, you know, I, you always want to enter into production, you know, a hundred percent fit and healthy. And, and so it, there's a certain, you know, a run up that you need a build up to, you know, what is a, an endurance race. It's a marathon shooting anything and particularly shooting a series over, you know, five or six months. So yeah, that, those are my plans. I mean, I could just, you know, go off and do something else, but I, I just, There's a couple of concerns for me. Obviously, the COVID of it all. I've been offered a bunch of stuff, and I'm just like not really interested in leaving New Zealand at the moment. I don't think you, you know. But um, yeah, so I think that's I think that's what I'm going to do.
1: Do let me ask you a weird question because we're the same age, and when I you know I look at you and I look at you know I see myself and I go I think we're pretty youthful. But then on our parents' generation, when you saw people in your 40s, they looked. Like they were seventy when we were younger. Yeah. Do we look that way to the? Are we just? Are we just? Are our brains programmed to not see that yet, or are we in fact because <laughs> we take more? I feel like our generation started to take more interest in in health, and there were you know there was more there's a little more innovation and in that sort. So we exercise and we you know. Am I crazy? Yeah. No, we, we're old
0: as fuck. We just. <laughs> you know, have, <laughs> we're completely oblivious to the fact. Okay. That's, uh, okay in yeah, our okay, minds, yeah, we're yeah. still 24, but oh, you know, really that ship has, has sailed. <laughs> uh, but you know what? I'm really, <laughs> I'm, I'm really enjoying getting older and, and you know, the older I get, um, the more, more I appreciate, um, you know, even just the simplest things in life and, and, uh, have a, a you know a real sort of uh, gratitude for everything that you are oblivious to and take for granted when you're younger um and um yeah it's uh it's just it's you know it's just a it's a it's a strange time to be living in it i find it th- these days um there is nothing um predictable uh, about the time we're living in you know right. there's nothing right. that 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 to, you know just go back ten years and there seems to be you know, kind of this malaise that we were all in, and you know, and, and now it's like every day there's just something else that you know happens, whether it's politically or, um, uh, or, 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 or whatnot, or with this pandemic, and it, it's just like these are gnarly times, you know, <laughs> there's no, there's no two ways about it, just gnarly
1: times. They are, they are definitely gnarly times, but it's also like thinking about the idea that you know, like you said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to shrink my world and I'm just going to focus on each day. I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to try to get as much. And I think that's, that's a, that's a solid plan because I, I think in the, in the previous times, and I mean that like six months ago, I feel like the fallback was like, oh, I feel uncomfortable. I better get busier. I better work more. I better distract myself more. And now I feel like, there it, it's more about, wait, I need to kind of focus on appreciate what's in front of me right now. What do I have today yeah. that I can appreciate rather than running out? Cause we can't really run around and chase that no. happiness and distract ourselves.
0: I just thought for me, just even, you know, to, to take this on a way serious level, it's like there's an inherent health risk in, for me, obviously in, leaving New Zealand and then going to Toronto to shoot, um, you know, and going anywhere and and being potentially exposed to this disease for which there is no cure. Um, So I just want to make damn sure that I live each day to its fullest right now and, and enjoy my, my family and my friends and get myself as healthy and strong and fit as I possibly can for what's coming down the pike. Uh, And I see no need to, you know, to go and try and you know chase the dollar right now, um, you know, or uh, you know, sort of, or, 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 or um, jettison that that really valuable time that I have with my family, you know, because I know that it, it's not going to be possible for me um, to get back to New Zealand once I go to Toronto to start shooting season three of the boys. I'm there for however long I'm there because right. you know I can't if I, I can't come back in the middle of the season like I did the previous two seasons because. Uh, I have to do a quarantine for two weeks on either side. So it's just, it's the landscape's different.
1: Yeah. 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 And I mean, what is it? It was about it's like 13 hours, about 12 or 13 hours to New Zealand from the West coast to Toronto. Right, okay.
0: Add another five onto that.
1: Yeah. Is that is that, is that a direct flight from New Zealand to Toronto or are you stopping over in Los Angeles along the way? No, I think I'm going to avoid America. Uh. <laughs> I, I think, um, I, think
0: totally I might get fly it. to Vancouver. And then Vancouver. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. I just.
1: Yeah. You know what? Yeah, I, love you <laughs> short. You know,
0: I don't know. Let's, let's like, see what happens come November. Oh, wait you know, like, oh, oh, a Oh,
1: you can fly through Vancouver. Oh, interesting. Yeah,
0: <laughs> no, no I, could, I could definitely skip the state.
1: And listen, if you want, you could, I'll tell you what, you could fly into Cal, you could fly into LA and you could just drive to Toronto. You know, you could really just get a sense. That was such a, that was such an earnest, I think I might avoid America right yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Is I'm it go to
0: destination right now. Listen, yeah. don't get offended, all you Americans. <laughs> I love America. I really do, but... Y'all got some <laughs> fucking shit going on there right now. And
1: uh, Maybe, uh hey, America, I love you, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna skirt through Vancouver's on this one. I'm yeah. just gonna just go right around. I uh I remember the first time I met you, and you were so nice because listen, I was I I was I had been a longtime fan of your work, and I we were on a flight together, and I think I tweeted, oh, I think I think Carl Urban's sitting behind me. And not two minutes after I tweeted that, you lean forward and go, hey, how's it going? And I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, and it was just, uh, it was really nice. You know, it was, it was uh, I had never met you. I didn't know what to expect. And you were really warm. And I think you even came to a comedy show that I was doing, which was incredibly nice of you.
0: That's right. I remember that. It was fantastic. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Those were, the, those were the old times. I think about those days and I go, oh "My God. You know, my heart starts to palpitate being on a plane, doing a show, being around people. Oh, my God. What a weird time that was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's uh it's a, it's a it's a funny old thing, isn't it? Um the fact that I was uh <laughs> happened to be on social media or obviously obviously when you when you were. <laughs> That's yeah, it's a bit scary
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But it was, you know, like it was it was uh it was it was a nice time. I, I do I do think and kind of spinning it back to New Zealand, that sort of communal thing I think is what you know new zealand is such an it feels like an intimate community of people and i know there's obviously a lot of people there but it's but it's but it does feel very communal and maybe because it's very communal maybe there is that thing where y'all feel more accountable to each other because you know it's not hundreds of millions of people you you all kind of see each other and you you rely on each other and maybe maybe that has something to do with why with the attitudes that you have about your work and the sort of the the outlook that you have on life. Maybe it's, you know, if you are dicks, your entire country, your community is like, you're being a dick. (laughs) You know what I mean? Maybe that's part of it, too, the communal aspect.
2: When you choose Organic Valley, not only will you be enjoying great-tasting dairy, you'll help to save over 1,600 small organic family farms— VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
1: As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop.
2: Learn more at meta.com/slash/metaverse impact.
0: Yeah, I, I guess you know it, it, what's been really interesting um, through this pandemic was you know New Zealand really came together as a team of five million to defeat this thing to do our best to. You know, everybody doing what they individually needed to do in order to keep, not only themselves, but, you know, everybody safe. As I feel as I look at what's going on in America, it's more of a case of, oh, don't you tell me what to do. <laughs> well, I don't want to wear a mask.
1: If I'm, you know. <laughs> Let me speak to the manager. No, no, there's no manager. Yeah. Oh,
0: <laughs> no, no, no. Put a mask on. Um, <laughs> you know, and that is obviously you know I'm you know looking at it, and obviously you've got 50 states, and you know probably 50 different ways of dealing with uh, w- with this virus and response, and um, you know, and that's where where there is an advantage of being uh, comparatively speaking small nation is that uh, you know we can pull together pretty well and, and get the job done.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I really, 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 really can't tell you how excited I am for season two without giving anything away. And that's one of the reasons why it's been difficult to sort of talk about the boys uh, on the podcast because it's just one of those shows where you don't want anything spoiled. Like every moment of that show is so precious because you, you think you know where something's going and then there's a moment where you're like, Jesus Christ, you know. So without giving too much away, what can you say about season two in broad terms, uh, kind of building off season one?
0: Well, you happen to be in luck, Chris, because I'm very good at speaking in generic broad terms when it comes to uh, promoting a television show, let me tell you. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Well, you know, for me, I mean, this season two... Um, really picks up uh, where season one uh, ended and you know the boys are on the run they're wanted felons Um, Billy Butcher is missing in action somewhere Uh, and you know uh, obviously the revelation that you know Becca Butcher is alive is a huge game changer for Butcher Uh, and you know, really, the entire season two for him is all about reuniting with his wife, and season two really is a it's a it's a love story for for Butcher, and I won't get too much more specific than that. Um, um, and you know, you know, Kripke, I guess his sort of you know thematically, his idea for season two was to rip away something from each and every character that was most valuable to them. So for Huey, it's Starlight. For Butcher, it's his wife, Becca. For, for Homelander, it's kind of his status and standing as the leader of the seven and his popularity and all the things like that that are important mm-hmm. to him. Um, you know, for Starlight, it's her, her belief in her faith, her religion, you know, all of that is thrown into question. And, and these characters are all challenged in a way that, you know, forces them to um, step outside their comfort zone. And, 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 and the interesting thing is to see how they then deal with it or fail to deal with it. Um, and, you know, uh, Eric Kripke was sort of pulled us all together at the beginning of the season and said, listen, you know, we think it would be a mistake just to try and go bigger for season two. So what we're actually going to do is just dive deeper and really get into the minutia of these characters and how they, you know, they operate and, and, um, you know, and I think he completely achieved that, but he also at the same time totally went bigger. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like season two is like season one. Uh, it's just been nuked. It's, it's on steroids. It's, uh, you know, the, the the set pieces are bigger. The action's bigger. You know, because you have this inherent familiarity with the characters, uh, it's just a much more sort of rich and rewarding experience. And uh, you know, I'm super excited for people to see it. It's just, uh it it packs a lot of punch
1: yeah i mean and and i i have so much faith in the group and in kripke also for because the boys season one is one of those shows you're like how the fuck are they gonna top this and i and i really because a lot of shows there are shows that can out of the gate just blow it out of the water and then it can be very difficult to follow up it's like how do you follow but um uh the sense that i'm getting is that that y'all were able to actually pull that off. Um,
0: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, uh, we sort of, uh, you know, I think it's always a mistake to go out there and to try and um, best what you've done. You have to kind of refocus and literally start from scratch and just be in the moment and just try and deliver the best that you can. You have to set yourself new goals. uh, And that was certainly the case for me this season. There were elements about last season that I felt, you know could have i could have worked harder on and i worked harder on those this season this season actually left me so drained this was probably one of the most challenging pieces of work that i've that i've ever done and uh, and i think when you get to the end of episode 8 you'll go oh i get what he's talking about now okay uh, it, it sort of. It took a while for me to shake it off, and I'm not, not usually like that. I usually once I once I leave set, I can pretty much leave the work behind. But not not this time. This time, it sort of it lingered for uh, a good month, a bit, month or so. So, um, and uh, you know, the, it, the show really kind of forced me to tap into um, you know uh, certain. Um, mode that is 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 not a comfortable place to be and um you know uh so yeah it's there's a a lot of without giving too much away there's a a lot of good stuff to look forward to
1: is the boys i can't remember does the boys release all at once or does it release weekly
0: no we're gonna do do it different this season season two is going to release on september the fourth we're releasing the first three episodes and then we're going weekly after that okay Uh, so, the remaining five will will drop, um, and that's good. I mean, as much as I love binge watching a show there's I also love that anticipation that 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 excitement that you get for you know that that next week for the next episode to come out, yeah. and then also having the ability to really kind of digest and think about um, what you've um, what you've seen so
1: yeah I agree for the fan experience it I know it's great to be able to just wolf everything down in one sitting, but then it all just kind of lives in your short-term experience, your short-term yeah. memory experience. And you don't, you often don't think about it too much again afterwards. The Boys was an exception. We watch it all at once and we, you know, weeks afterwards, like, oh my God, I can't believe that one fucking thing that they, you know, uh, there, there are just these moments that you, they, you know, I want to say, but there are just moments that stick with you. And, uh, but the experience of week to week, it allows you to have conversations with people. It allows Mm -hmm. it to breathe. Like, I feel like it really allows the show to have a life. And, and also I love the idea of knowing that, you know, like every time at that time, every week at that time, that thing is there for you and you Mm -hmm. get to watch it and you get to share it with someone or talk about it with your friends. I mean, I think we're losing that a lot because we expect to see everything whenever we want, however we want, it as much as we want. And I, I love that it's being parsed out in that way.
0: Yeah, I do too, because it's all too easy, and we all do it. When you binge something, you 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 just devour it, and sometimes you, it's very easy to miss some of the subtle layering and flavors that um, that are uh, that are in there. And um, you know, and certainly, you know, going week by week is going to, um, I think, allow for that to sort of you know to sort of percolate a little bit more um but um no well listen it's just it's just it's just great now that we're at that point where you know we're handing this project over to the to uh to the fans and to the audience you know it's been sitting with us for the last year and and it's it's an exciting place to be and i just can't wait for it to to get out there and you know and just to sort of you know get sort of some sense from everybody as to um you know as as to uh how they uh, how they feel about it
1: and then are, is there anything else that you're signed on to at the moment that you, in theory, would shoot after The Boys is done? Or are you just, are you not looking that far ahead yet?
0: No, not looking that far ahead. As I said, my I, I'm just, at the moment, just primarily focused on, on season three of The Boys. I'm also actually sh- currently working on a um, couple of a- other animated projects. Cool. Uh, one I'm shooting for Netflix and the other one, um, is a small part in a, um, it's really fun, uh, animated TV show. Um, can't talk too much about either of those. Um, but, um, you know, that, that actually has been, you know, so much fun to, you know, explore that aspect of it. Um, uh, you know, sort of, again, linking back to, you know, doing things that, um, uh, uh, you know, multifaceted, uh, I really enjoy the, that, you know, ha- having that opportunity to work on characterization, but yet, you know, in in this COVID world, just doing it in a sound booth for, you know, four hours of pop, that has been
1: a lot of fun. That's great. Can I ask you a weird Star Trek question? Sure. That, to me, was such a fun thing to do but as an actor it felt like a tremendous amount of pressure because in a way yes you are playing a character but you're but you're also sort of like playing deforest kelly playing a character at the same time like what is in your head when you're approaching that kind of a role it's not it's not the same as that something that's biographical but it is but in a weird way it is because you're coming off of something that did exist and so do you, do you wrestle with that? Do you, did, did you struggle with that? Or was it just sort of like, oh, this is just like a fun fun theatrical exercise? Uh, yeah, I'd
0: be lying if I was to say that there wasn't some degree of anxiety, particularly around the shooting of the first movie. Um, <laughs> it's not like, you know, I, uh, it, 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 it's not like I uh, had some specific element of my character, like, you know, you know, Zach did obviously a a phenomenal job of, of playing Spock and, you know, and, 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 you know, having, uh, having that a particular makeup look, you know, certainly adds to the acceptance of that character, Um, you know, but, and we were certainly never given a mandate to try and imitate, uh, what had come before, you know, it was completely up to us to make these characters our own and, and to take the ball and run with it. But, you know, for me as a sort of a, a long-term, having a long-term appreciation of Star Trek, you know, I used to watch it, um, you know, as a kid with my dad, uh, I just felt that I would feel somewhat gypped if I went into that movie theater and, and was to see a character that wasn't recognisably bones. So for me, the challenge was to really identify certain aspects of, um, you know, the late like, great DeForest Kelly's performance and a kind of sort of cherry pick, uh, whether it be a certain mannerism or a feel, a vibe, and kind of imbue that into a younger version of of the character, and and you know, I certainly didn't want to get into the imitation game, but at the same time, it had to be recognisably Bones, and, and that was the challenge, and yeah, it um, it was it was freaky at, time, at times. Um, I, I think probably one of the most special memories I have out of that whole time was we were actually, the, uh, the, the cast um, uh, was at a, uh, a William Shatner charity event and we were walking into it and um, somebody tapped me on the shoulder and it was uh, Susan, Susan Nimoy, Leonard Nimoy's uh, gorgeous wife. And she said, hey, Carl, walk with us. And so I, I, I joined them and she said, wow. look, I just want you to know you know, when Leonard watched the movie last night, when you came on screen, um, he wept. Oh. And um, at first, I was sort of panicked because I thought, "Oh shit! Well, I, I must have really screwed that up." That was... <laughs> 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 uh,
1: but, uh,
0: but she went on to explain, She just said, "What you know, what I'd uh, obviously what I'd done was reminded her so much of." her friend of, 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 of his friend, um, DeForest Kelly, who had, you know, passed away a few years before. And to me, it was just like the coolest thing I think that sort of ever really happened to me around, um, Star Trek was just that sort of, you know, getting to, you know, to, to, uh, to meet and work with, uh, with Leonard Nimoy. And, and, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty special.
1: That's incredible. I mean, you know, but your, your careers can be long, you can win awards, you can do all sorts of things. But those are the moments of your career that I think there just is no substitution for something like that. I mean, that is such a special nugget of a thing that you get to have for the rest of your life that must have just sort of felt like, okay, okay, I think I think I did something good. I think I'm on to something special here. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's it certainly it was something that
0: was very special to me. It, but it's interesting because when I personally look at uh, this, the um, my role in those Star Trek movies, I see the character. I, I, I mean, I just think the character is quite different than what DeForest Kelly had done. But somehow, I think in the you know in, in the sort of halcyon haze of uh, of of fandom that they they that it's kind of morphed into oh it's exactly the same but it's actually not um,
1: I don't think it's know, exactly uh, the same at all. I think it's no. I think it's exactly what you said. I think it's you had your you had your version of him, but there was a but there were nods and the nods yeah. sort of rooted it back then thing without being like I am just a robot imitating this other person, which would have probably come off more cartoonish. So I think I completely agree with you. I don't think you did exactly what he did. I think you did your thing, but there was this sort of like, if you knew the old show very well, there were nods of like, aha, you know, yeah. which which felt um, very much like a conversation with the audience of like, hey, we love this character. We love this show. We're all in this together. And, and I thought that made it really beautiful and special.
0: There was certainly, um, you know, some moments there where we, we were on set and I'd be working with Zach Quinto, and he's in, you know, full Spock mode. And, I you know, I come to a line like, are you out of your Vulcan mind? And, you know, to have to... Just, it's so surreal to be delivering that line and being on the bridge of the Enterprise, having watched it when I was a kid, was... It was like, I mean, I think I remember actually messing up a couple of times because I'm like, this is, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's weird. just so nuts. Um, but the cool thing about, you know, working on that obviously was collaborating with JJ and you, you could go to him and just say, hey, listen, I have an idea for this for this scene and he would hear you out and he goes, okay, try it out. And it was a really, you know, open collaborative experience. And, um, you know, I'm going to re- feel, uh, feel quite quite blessed in that regard to, you know, when you work with a, a, a a caliber a collaborator um, of 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 his uh, uh, of his level it's it only it only enhances what you do and the results.
1: Well, I you know as many people as, as I've gotten to talk to on the podcast and listen to and learn from the one thing that I that I really feel like I understand is that you know like long term success long term um, you know it it just it's not an accident. I mean I think you what I infer is that you're great to work with because you attract these great directors, these great projects time and time again, and anyone can get a break once, once or twice, maybe, but it's so consistent with your work. Then I, and I think that's one of the inspiring things, you know, in addition to your performances to take away from, it's like, Oh, Carl must be a great guy to work with because the evidence is that, all of these great people wouldn't waste their time with someone who sucked to to work with. And I think that's a really valuable lesson for any performer, for anyone, you know, when they're sort of looking at like the length of a career. And like you said, you know, Hey, I've worked on some great stuff and I've worked on some other stuff too, but it, it does seem to be about just being in the present and having fun and, and kind of making it the best experience you can each time. Is that, am I, am I, would you agree with that?
0: yeah you know um you know for me you know i uh, i guess you know i i'm just uh, i i'm drawn to um drawn to working with the best collaborator th- that i can and uh you know and i just i don't know i as i said before i didn't plan this i you know there were certain things like Star Trek that I actually targeted and went after because I wanted to be a part of it. And I was excited by those projects. Um, and, you know, in historically, you know, people at various times in my life, have said, Oh my God, wow, you're so lucky. And I'm like, I, I kind of believe like, you know, you make your own luck. And it's like, right. yeah, it's, it's funny. Yeah. Lucky. I am lucky. But I've also found that the harder I work, the luckier I seem to get. Right. <laughs> right. You know, um, and, uh, you know, I just, um, that, that's, uh, you know, you, uh, you know, I wanted to sort of easily be easily identifiable, uh, to prospective directors as, as someone who, um, is, uh, as an asset and someone who is of value to a production and not just on set, but, you know, in terms of you know, you know, holistically someone who Mm -hmm. can contribute on a, on a multitude of levels and, you know, and, um, you know, and and also I love learning and I just find that, you know, you know, if you you just want to aim to work with, um, with the best that you, that you can and, and, and in that way that
1: you're actually going to find that you you grow as a result. Well, I've always found you to be just, Nice as fuck, Carl Urban. Just such a wow. nice guy. You've always been so nice to me, um, uh, the, you know, the, the, the bunch of times that we've had the, gotten to hang out. And uh, as we're kind of wrapping this up, you know, because eh, like you said, there's the, and I agree, there's, there's, a, there's a bit of chaos going on in the world. What, what makes you joyful? What kind of keeps you grounded? You know, like what is it that you, that you kind of look for and focus on in, in times of chaos? well for me it's
0: pretty simple it's um it's just focus on um what is in my circle of concern and that is and influence and and that that's my friends and that's my family um spending time with my boys with um uh with with my parents and and the people i love and and you know it, it it's um it's just about sharing quality time and and being in the moment and not you know all too often in life we uh, even when we're with someone we can be easily distracted by the outside by you know there's a phone call a text a social media or, uh, something you know happening out in the cyber world and it's all too easy to to get distracted and just take for granted about what's right in front of your face and I think these in these times it's particularly poignant just to be able to reduce it, you know, existentially just down to the simplest thing. And that is just being in the moment with the people you love and, and not taking it for granted. And to me, that's the most valuable lesson to come out of, um, out of these times.
1: Well, I hope I get to see you in person again, one of these days, perhaps in a, Oh, no in a comic a comic con oh. style situation or perhaps you 'll come to Canada or New Zealand <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I would love to i 'm not getting like new zealand is 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 at the top of our bucket list it was a it was the next place we were kind of looking at you know like where could we go for our big vacation in two thousand and twenty and new zealand was was on the list and so uh you know, say, hopefully,
0: where could we go and escape if America devolves <laughs> into civil chaos and unrest? It would have been New Zealand,
1: wouldn't it? I mean, I, I, do, I do wonder if we're knocking on the door of New Zealand if they're like, no, we know where you're from. Get the fuck back there. You can't come in here. What are you, what are you talking about? Yeah. Get out. But, uh, but I really hope that uh, New Zealand is some place that we get to, to visit. And uh, I will definitely hit you up for just where should we go? What should we do? You know, just any kind of, any kind of hometown recommendations.
0: Yeah, oh, most definitely. Uh, yeah, for sure. Most definitely. If, if and when you get the opportunity, you just let me know.
1: Thank you, Carl Urban. I hope Good you man. stay safe and healthy. And, Thank uh, you. Uh, and hang in there.
2: ID10D skinning complete. Enjoy your burrito. This episode is brought to you by the effortlessly scrumptious bite of skinny pop popcorn. Imagine this perfectly popped, endlessly delicious kernels.